Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Carice Crow, novelist and speaker. So as an answer to previous episodes about finding your flaw and what flaws could be, I thought we should talk about strengths okay, and and how to find, how to uncover your strength as a writer, because I think, I mean, it's easy to focus on what's bad. Negativity sells, right? Mm -hmm. It gets those Mm -hmm. clicks, but I think it's also so healthy to know what you do well so that you can maximize it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we've got a list of six things. And this is, I mean, not the beginning and the end of strengths, but these were just ones that came to mind most easily. So in no particular order, the first one, uh, character development can be a major strength among some writers. And this is just, when this happens, like you just know that person, like their characters feel real they feel like they have strengths and weaknesses. They have motivations. You know what they look like. Like they just, it's that reading experience where I've, this is a silly story, but I've heard about people who have been reading books and then they'll just be going about their day. And then they'll just be like, honey, we've got to pray for Jeff. He's going through whatever. And Jeff ends up being like, Jeff was a character in a book that the person was reading before. Oh my goodness. When you achieve that level of convincing characters, right. You know, that you've got a special knack Mm -hmm. for that. And Mm -hmm. that that is a strength. And if character writing isn't one of your natural strengths, I think you're going to, when you stumble upon it, it's going to be really, really obvious to you. Like, Oh, that's, that's what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, In the book, I just, finished writing I introduced a new character and she was so vivacious and real and like sometimes when you're writing these characters especially if they're like a side character you kind of feel like they're more like a cardboard cutout like you could Mm -hmm. just knock them over with a strong breeze you know (laughs) right and this one was just like nope coming in hot got it all there and Mm -hmm. that was great it was super fun to write somebody like that Mm -hmm. um but I don't know that I would say that characters as in are these fully fleshed out, entirely unique, developed people with solidified strengths and weaknesses. I don't know if that's where I'm strongest in writing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm not. I don't I don't think. I mean, I don't Mm-mm. look at mine and say, say wow, because usually I feel like the biggest struggle. Um, so if you want to read good characters, read like the more quiet literary fiction type stuff yeah Mm -hmm. because those are usually deep character dives yeah and that's where you really are like whoa this and Stephen King also does a pretty good job of characters he does but but I agree like I I feel like my characters just sometimes like flop into whatever mold I need them to flop into when a certain scene arises and then I spend a ton of time fixing their motivations and like trying to explain like, well, why did they do this when that happened? Cause this other thing. And it's just, no, I don't think I'm, I excel at character development. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally understand that. Yeah. For me, it's more like, okay, this is the situation my main character has to be in. This is what mm-hmm. has to happen. 
who do else do I need to put in the scene with her who's going to help achieve that overall goal? And what reason these five people have to be in this room together? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of like reverse engineering it so that everybody's still acting organically to who they are, but the exact situation might be, yeah, you know, like I, I really had to come up yeah. with that part of it. But I think, yeah, you'll find stronger character writers in those genres that have a smaller cast of characters in the book. We were talking before the episode, like you were saying how George R. R. Martin has said, why did I make seven kingdoms when I I could have done four, you know, and he's known for this just gigantic Mm -hmm. world. And you do get some really unique feeling characters, but there's a big difference between you know, Tyrion Lannister, who's one of the core central characters versus this one soldier guy who's just, you know, on the streets of Angkor and you Mm -hmm. get four chapters with him. Like there's a big disparity there. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're looking to improve character writing, reading more heavily in those genres or just those writers who write in your genre, but keep a smaller cast, it's probably going to give you a good how-to. I'm glad you mentioned the whole, like, why did I create seven worlds instead of four? Because that reminds me of world building, which is a strength, but it doesn't apply to all genres. But I feel like it fits into this characterization strength because many times world building is like, you're creating a character, right. setting the landscape. The that world, is a character. It's a character mm-hmm. in and of itself. And so that can fit into this umbrella of your characters and, mm-hmm. you know, so then that's another thing to consider is your world building, maybe your strength where you just come up with these great worlds with really unique, um, just unique rules, unique settings, unique, those, just yeah. those things that's like, wow, like, how do they yeah. think of this? This is so and, different. And I don't think it even has to be, you know, cause when I hear world building, my mind immediately goes to things like fantasy and science fiction, mm-hmm. but I think this applies just as much to sweeter genres as well. Like, I think you could apply this to cozy romances or, you know, those kind of like the Hallmark movies, like world building can also be the sensations and the Mm -hmm. feeling of the small town and Mm -hmm. that, that in-depth level Mm -hmm. of experience as the reader. Okay. So the next one we put down is plot. There are authors who excel at awesome plots and I will yeah I will say if I have to pick one out for me this is the one I'm picking out um especially hooks Mm -hmm. reveals cliffhangers like if you get to the end of chapter three you're done for Mm -hmm. that's it you're mine for the next 250 pages and I always felt that way about my writing um but it never really got confirmed for me that this is really where I excel until after I hit the publish button and I would get feedback from people. I just posted after I finished my book and book two and somebody said, I cannot wait for book two. I have never read a book so fast as I read book one. And it's like, that's why it's, it's because of that plot, man. You Mm -hmm. just got to know what happens next. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you mentioned that um, like that feedback that you got has been, 
it's been confirming this for you. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm in a spot where I've written some stuff, but barely any people have read them. Mm-hmm. And so kind of in my head, it's like, I mean, I feel like my plots are good, but it also feels like all of these things are happening. <laughs> and maybe that's just because I, I'm a, I just make up my stories as I go. And so it just feels like a bunch of things that are happening. And I'll be curious to know down the road, like when more people are reading it, what mm-hmm. their reaction is going to be. Is it going to be like, wow, like I, that was just way too much chaos in this book. Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be, that was a page turner in a good way. Like, yeah. I'd be curious to, to hear what that feedback is. And that points to a lot of times, like you start to get a handle on your strengths when you get that feedback from other people and when they identify things that you did well. Yeah. I think if you're looking to improve plot, one of the best things you can do, um, something I teach on in a Pixar class that I, I teach sometimes is uh, setting that expectation plainly for the reader. You know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to beat them over the head with it, but having absolute achievable goals for your character Mm-hmm. that we know we have to get there does so much good. Like, I think a lot of times people get mixed up in this convoluted, well, but my character doesn't know what's going to happen. So I don't know what's going to happen. And it's like mm-hmm. in, in book one, just to use mine for an example, it's broken into four parts. At the end of part one, everybody in this secret society class gets their magical dragon egg, right? Except for the main character. So this becomes, you know, like this was what we were working toward at the end of part one was this scene where everybody gets their egg. And now we've got it all set up for the end of the book. This is what we're headed toward. Does she even get one? And it asks that big question so that you can fill it in with all these other interesting subplots and whatnot. But that big question of something has gone terribly wrong, is just going to yank people through Mm -hmm. the whole way. Um, Finding Nemo does this super, super successfully because right near the beginning, you know, Nemo gets kidnapped, but we pretty quickly figure out where he is. So no matter what's happening with the subplot, whether something just exploded, we've been attacked by sharks, we're lost, we're in a jellyfish forest, whatever it is, we've still got that main goal to work toward. And you can throw in your little hiccups and bumps along the road and the audience is still going to go along for that ride. I think people who do plot well, they aren't afraid to just absolutely strip everything away from the main character. Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like they aren't, they aren't afraid to put the main character in a position of just absolute devastation. They aren't afraid to go there. Whereas a lot of us writers, it doesn't really, like, I don't really want to kill off that one character or I don't really want to do that one thing. Like, it just seems like a lot of work or whatever. Yeah. But people who are good with plot, they're willing to go there. They're willing to just put their main characters through absolute hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've talked about book two with you and that's that's all it is. Right. (laughs) Especially at the end. It's just everybody. Yeah. Sorry guys. And that's what makes a good plot when the character has lost everything, every bit of hope for success is gone and just not believable that it could ever return. Mm-hmm. And then in a masterful way, the author finds a way to bring it all back. Well, that's one of those, oh, this is getting into craft, but that's one of those, like, you know, what your character, what your main character thinks they need at the start of the series is not what mm-hmm. they end up with. Yeah. You know, they had an incorrect want and they get a fulfilled need by mm-hmm. the end. That's 
that's a huge driving factor. But yeah, when you when that is your goal, you can take whatever you want away from them in the plot mm-hmm. can, and just strip them down so that they have nothing. So mm-hmm. that the only thing they can be built back up with is what they actually needed. The next one, another huge strength that you know we see in, in authors is just consistency with putting words on the page consistency with their brand, with who they are, with the promise that they make for their readers, consistency in delivering, just delivering on reader expectations. Mm-hmm. That is such a huge strength that I see in some, in some authors, just more than others, you know, like we're just like, wow, this author, they know their brand, they know what their readers want and they mm-hmm. are delivering every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one of those ones that you might have a natural knack for it, but I think the way people really get good at it is keep showing up, keep mm-hmm. doing it. And, you know, calling back to the previous episode, you can't have any room for that fear of failure in order to achieve consistency. You can't have too many ideas to focus. Like it's, it's a tough one to mm-hmm. get, but you're right. It's, it's crucial. And in the beginning, there's a lot of just time spent slogging through and doing the things and posting that blog post or that social media stuff, doing the thing, sending out that newsletter. Like how many times I hear authors, well, I haven't sent to my newsletter list in like a year. Cause I don't know what to say. Well, out of sight, out of mind, like that's just yeah. how the industry works, but the ones who are consistent, the ones who are just continuing to have the, to, to develop that relationship with their readers to put words on the page, whether it's in a newsletter form or in their Word document. I mean, that is just, that is a great strength to have. Our conversation on this topic of author strengths went a little bit long, so I'm gonna turn it into a two-part series. Next week, we will wrap it up with three more strengths that authors tend to have. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, you can follow me on Facebook. I've got an agent page there. You can leave us a review. And of course, be sure to be back here next week for a brand new episode.